Doubts and Answers begins right now. Jesus and the Apostles warned us that as we get close to his return, there will be an increase in false teachers who will arise to deceive many. What we are seeing today are the words of Christ and the apostles coming to pass. Today we are witnessing a massive transformation in churches and denominations as many embrace false ideologies. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with our host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. The last time we were together, Pat began a message entitled, the coming apostasy. Today, he exposes some of the false ideologies dominating the culture and many of the churches today and presents ways Christians must defend against the rise of apostate and false teachings. If you've missed any part of this message, log on at evidenceandanswers.org. There you will find this message and hundreds more podcasts that you may download or listen online. Now, let's get right to our conclusion. Now, the word apostasy there or rebellion, it has the definite article in front of it, okay? The rebellion, the apostasy, or some of your translations, the falling away, okay? He's talking about a specific event here. And this apostasy, it's a large worldwide scale turning away from Christ by those who once professed faith in Christ. John Calvin, a great reformer, 16th century theologian, in his commentary on 2 Thessalonians wrote this. He said, Paul uses the term rebellion or apostasy to mean a treacherous departure from God, not on the part of one person or a few individuals, but such as would spread far among a wide circle of people. Now, nobody can be called an apostate, but he who had previously professed to follow Christ and the gospel. Paul, therefore, is predicting a general rebellion in the visible church. In other words, Christianity is heading towards a great falling away. And then the second thing that would occur, you have the great rebellion or the great apostasy. Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed. Paul writes, the man of sin who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. This man exalts himself and proclaims himself to be God to the entire world in the holy temple of Jerusalem. So the rise of the Antichrist and the great apostasy go together. The great apostasy will prepare the world to receive the Antichrist. So there's a direct connection here between the final apostasy and the rise of the Antichrist. The final apostasy prepares the way for the rise of the Antichrist. There will come a time when false apostate teaching will dominate the earth. That is how the Antichrist can arise and gain such a great worldwide following. And as we near the return of Christ, we will see an increase in false and apostate teaching. The growth of apostate or false teaching is at a level we have never seen before in the history of the church. William Booth, he is the founder of the Salvation Army, predicted that Christianity would not fare well in the 21st century. By the end of the 20th century, he predicted we would be preaching Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, 
salvation without regeneration, heaven without hell. And indeed, that is what we are seeing today. I get to speak uh, and interact with Christians all over the world. And these are the kinds of things that are proliferating in a way we have never seen before. Dr. Mark Hitchcock, if you want to read eschatology, read Mark Hitchcock. All right, he's a friend. He pastors a great church there in Oklahoma, one of the premier scholars now on eschatology. And he states, there's no doubt today that a deepening deception and surging apostasy are upon us. What we see in the visible church today is nothing short of shocking. We are witnessing the increase and intensification of apostasy. We should expect if the coming of Christ is near. Another outstanding professor in this arena is the late Dr. J. Dwight Pentecost. Many of us got to study under him. Some of you have probably read his material. And he states this, abundant evidence on every hand shows that men are departing from the faith. Not only do they doubt the word of God, they openly reject it. This phenomenon has never been as prevalent as today. In the period of the dark ages, men were ignorant of the truth, but never was there an age when men openly denied and repudiated the truth. This open, deliberate, willful repudiation of the truth of the Bible is described in Scripture as one of the major characteristics of the last days of the church on earth. Now, false and apostate teaching abound today. There is so much, more than I can shake a stick at, but I'm just going to highlight just some of the most predominant forms we see in the culture, but infiltrating the church today. Of course, we have the kingdom of the cults. Cults are groups that claim to be Christian, but reject essential Christian doctrine. They reject the doctrine of the Trinity, the deity of Christ, salvation by faith alone. So in the kingdom of the cults, they teach a different God, a different Jesus, and a different gospel. And you know some of the big ones out there, Mormon, Jehovah Witness, and rise of many others. Iglesia Ni Cristo uh, is another one. If you go to the Philippines, the second largest denomination, okay, number one is Catholicism, number two by far, by far, way bigger than the Baptists, all right, is Iglesia Ni Cristo, okay? And they are increasing their presence all over the world. We see a return of the Moonies, groups like the International Church of Christ coming out of Boston and others. We have the rise of the cults. Next, we have liberalism. Liberal theology dominates our Christian colleges, seminaries, uh, and in many of our denominations today. Liberal theology rejects the biblical view of God, that he's the creator, sovereign ruler, and active in the universe. And so they reject divine inspiration. Miracles okay, cannot happen, right? They, so they reject the authority of the Bible, its inspiration, its inerrancy. Therefore, liberalism rejects the possibility of miracles. So they reject the deity and the resurrection of Christ. So you reject the authority of the Bible, the deity, the resurrection of Christ. I mean, when you reject all that, really, what, what's left? of Christianity. But this theology dominates throughout our country. We have the growth of pluralism or universalism that says all religions are the same and equal and valid ways to God. 
Recent surveys show that 70% of Americans with religious affiliation believe all religions lead to eternal life. A recent study by my colleagues there at Probe Ministries in Dallas discovered that 60% of evangelicals believe that all religions lead to eternal life. Hey, so if you believe John 14, 6, that Jesus is the only way to eternal life, in the church today then, you are in the minority. And the many churches I get to preach at, you can see that we are indeed now in the minority. Then we have perversions like the prosperity gospel, that the death of Christ not only includes forgiveness of sin, but also the promise of health and wealth for every believer in Christ. And in the prosperity gospel, roles are reversed. God becomes our servant. When we ask and claim things by faith, he is obligated to answer our prayers and give us the things that we desire. And so roles are reversed there. Some of the largest churches in the country preach the prosperity gospel. They're buying out stadiums and coliseums. They're huge. Uh, and when I'm in countries in Southeast Asia, uh, in Africa, some of the poorest countries of the world, we're doing pastors' conferences with 100, 200. And down the road, the soccer stadium is filled with tens of thousands of people. And I wonder, wow, what's going on? <laughs> it's the prosperity Preachers coming to town, exploiting the people of their finances and then leaving town. And then we have the LGBTQIA ideology that has made tremendous inroads in our churches. Recent Pew Research study showed now that the majority of Christians in the United States believe that homosexuality is an acceptable lifestyle. So now if you believe in biblical marriage between one man and one woman, now you are in the minority in the church, okay? Not just in the office or the school you might be at, but in the church. Uh, and believe me, I believe this survey wholeheartedly. Then we have critical theory or the new social justice movement or wokeness that has been embraced by seminaries, colleges, Christian organizations, and many churches and denominations, splitting churches and denominations and organizations, wreaking havoc in many Christian organizations. And that's what false teaching will do. That's why it's so dangerous, because it is not only takes away from Christ, it is divisive, very divisive. Critical theory, in just one minute, the one-minute version, what is it? Uh, you see it on the news constantly. Well, teaches that there are two classes of people. Everyone is in two classes of people, the oppressed and the oppressor. And it's only the oppressed who know what truth is, okay? If you're an oppressor, you have no platform upon which to speak. Which category are you in depends on your race, your gender, your sexual preference, and your religion. And there are what's called man-made hegemonic structures that keep the oppressors in power and keep the oppressed oppressed. These man-made hegemonic structures include the Christian religion, the church, the nuclear family, our governments, our schools, and so on. So the goal is to tear down these structures, tear them all down, and create a society not of equality, but a society of equity where everybody is identical. Everyone is the same. Its roots come from social Marxism here. Well, the Bible teaches that the source of truth it's not based on race or sexuality, but on God. 
and the Word of God. And everyone has access and the ability to know truth because we're all created in the image of God. And the goal is to apply God's teaching. This is what creates a more just and peaceful society. But these are some of the dominant ideologies there infiltrating the church today. And the transformation has been nothing but mind-boggling. I've been in churches where a genera- just a generation ago, I heard powerful preaching from God's Word that transformed my life and the life of many of my friends. Today, you walk in these churches and it's offensive to preach anything about the gospel or sin or salvation, the need for repentance and a life of holiness. You know, there's a great church here in Honolulu that produced some, just a generation ago, the generation before me, produced some of the finest Christian leaders, pastors, missionaries, and Bible teachers in the state of Hawaii who went throughout the world uh, as missionaries, teachers, Christian leaders, pastors, and here throughout the state of Hawaii. They kind of produced the who's who as far as Christian leaders here in Hawaii. And I remember hearing many of these leaders coming out of this church, and they impacted my life and the life of many of my friends. Well, today, just one generation later, this church is overrun uh, by liberal theology. The LGBTQIA has infiltrated and dominate the ideology dominates that church. Universalism, pluralism is what this church teaches now. It's half empty. When uh, I remember they were running three, four services, preacher had to preach in the sanctuary, and they had to run over to the gym and preach in the gym and then come back to the sanctuary. Now, uh, one service and it's half empty. And uh, I remember my friend there, George, his wife, Grace, had passed away. Powerful businessman, Christian leader in the state of Hawaii. And in fact, most of the churches here on the island he designed, member of that church, and he asked if I and another uh, youth pastor would come and do the funeral for his wife there at this church. And I said, sure, it'd be an honor to. And so we went and he said, hey, one thing, both of you, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. We have pastoral staff that are not saved, that don't know Jesus. We have leaders, deacons, whatever, that don't know Jesus. My wife's wish is that the gospel be heard at, our, at her funeral. So I said, all right, we'll do it. So... The youth pastor came up before me, and he didn't waste any time. He just went right into the gospel. Uh, he just said, you know, Grace's wish is that you hear the gospel, and here it is. And he presented it. It was powerful. And he said, you know, God loves you, died for your sins, and without Christ, you'll be separated from him forever in hell. You know, he said the word, the word that shall not be spoken anymore. He said it, you know, and he was just going, and I said, wow, all right, go for it. And he just went up and then he said, if you want to receive Christ today, you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Fantastic. When he was done, I thought I'd come up and just say, amen. You know, what more can you say? Right. And I came up and of course I shared from John 14, where Jesus said, in my father's house are many rooms. I go there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come and take you there myself so that where I am, you may also be. And I was preaching. I said, God's mansion are many rooms. The Lord Jesus Christ prepares one for you. And I was going, yeah, all right, all right. And then I said, Thomas asked, Lord, where are you going and how will we know the way? And Jesus says in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. 
smiles turned to frowns. You could hear a hum in that congregation now. And I presented the gospel and the opportunity to receive Christ. And after that was the hula team. And I knew the woman who led the hula ministry at that church. She's not a believer in the Lord. She can't stand my preaching. All right. And she gives that face that, you know, your mom tells you never to make whenever she sees me. And you can see her coming up with the team just staring me down. And if looks could kill, uh, she was so upset. And she made some sharp comment about the two speakers and then went to do her hula and things. And when the service ended, her and several of the leaders came up to me and said, that was the most racist and offensive and unloving message we have ever heard. Uh, and I said, well, first of all, that's George and Grace's wish. Okay. Second of all, I said, is there anything that we said that is not from the Bible? And she said, well, that's just your interpretation. And I said, okay, tell me how do I interpret this? I am the way, the truth. No one comes to the Father but through me. Tell me how do I interpret it? And she said, well, I'm a lawyer, and I know how to interpret things. And I said, then interpret this one for me. And she said, well, that's just your opinion. And I said, ma'am, my opinion means nothing. And she goes, you got that right. And I said, yes, my opinion means nothing. I have no authority whatsoever. The words of Jesus Christ, however, that means everything. Lord of creation, giver of life and death, uh, of life and eternal life. What he says means everything. And I just repeated what he said. You know, and she got uh, really upset and said, you guys should learn, go back to school, and kind of walked off. And several leaders came and uh, accosted us for the message that was presented. You know, and I walked away kind of sad. Well, first of all, upset. Then when I got over it, then I was sad. Think that, man, here was the church you know, right here in Honolulu, powerhouse church, where hundreds, if not thousands of people were saved in Hawaii and around the world, where some of the most powerful Christian leaders and pastors and Bible teachers and Christian authors came from this church. Now this is just the shell of, of, of what it once was. But the Bible teaches false and apostate teaching will one day increase as we near the return of Christ. And so what is our call as believers in Christ and as a church. Well, Paul gives us the exhortation here in verse 15. So then, brothers, stand firm. Hold to the traditions that you are taught by us, either by our spoken word or our letter. Two exhortations are given here. Stand firm and hold fast. The Greek here for stand firm means to be firmly committed in conviction or belief, unmovable, unshakable. Stand firm. And the second one, hold fast. That's a strong term, okay? It means to be strong, to take hold of by force, to seize, to grasp. Hey, the picture is like this. I remember when we were playing football, those of us who had positions where you're going to catch the ball or run with the ball, the last thing you want to do is fumble the ball. And so what they would make us do is they would give us the football. We had to hold it and we had to walk through what's called the gauntlet or is about 40 guys on each side. And as you walk through, you switch the ball, right hand, left hand. At the same time, everyone's swatting at the ball, trying to rip the ball out of your hand as you're switching back and forth. And you never drop the ball, because if you did, the coach makes you carry it around all day at school. All right, so you just held on to that thing for dear life. That's the picture Paul is giving here, all right? Hold fast to the traditions, the teachings of the apostles that have been passed down to that generation and to us. 
So as Christians and as a church that calls upon the name of Christ, we're called to stand firm on biblical teaching. And it's going to get harder to preach the Bible today. And not just to preach the Bible, but to live for Jesus. You know, I talk to a lot of teachers. And so, man, pray for our teachers in the public schools. We've got several of them here, right? As wokeness and the LGBTQIA and the transgender ideology uh, now dominate our public schools. It's getting harder and harder eh, to teach and preach and stand for truth in that kind of arena. And the Bible says it's going to go from bad to worse. And so we as believers in Christ and as a church that stands on the Bible, we have got to be prepared. You know, I know a lot of great churches, praise God for many of the churches taking their stand on biblical truth here. Man, they're getting hate mail like never before. And I remember speaking in, in a French church in Chino Hills there, and I just briefly touched on homosexuality, and a couple in the front row stood up and just glared at me as I was speaking and kind of was disruptive. So I kind of looked at them and I wanted to say, you have something to say or something? Then they turned and very slowly to make sure everybody could see, walked very slowly down the middle aisle and then exited. Uh, and then next day, of course, wrote a nasty letter to the pastors and elders there. And uh, I spoke to my friend. I called him. I said, so you kicking me out of the church too? And he goes, oh no, we get that all the time. You know, and I said, gosh, when did this start happening? He's, gosh, about 10 years ago, we're constantly getting people leaving or writing us nasty letters on these kinds of issues. What once was clear, contrary to biblical teaching, is now celebrated and accepted. And to speak out against it is hate, is racism, you know, is intolerance. So it's going to get harder to live out the Christian life and to preach the Bible, not only outside the church, but inside the church as well. So it's the duty of every believer in Christ to get rooted and grounded in the word and develop the skill to discern truth from error. It's not just my job. It's all of our job. When the entire body is rooted and grounded and has that ability, it's a very powerful witness for Christ. And it's the duty of every believer, especially parents, to stand against and protect your family and God's family from false and apostate teaching that seeks to infiltrate the church. And that's one of the reasons Evidence and Answers exists, where this ministry is designed to equip parents to defend the faith. You are the first line of defense, all right? And that's what our conference is going to be all about. Well, as we get closer to the return of Christ, Expect to see a rise in false teaching and apostasy. God calls us to stand firm upon his word. And aren't we fortunate to be in a church here where we have very good and strong Bible teaching here by your pastors and elders and teachers, leaders who are diligent and uncompromising in defending the word of God here should be very grateful for the leadership and the teachers who are here. Take every advantage you can of their teaching. May we be found faithful when he returns. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for our time together. Lord, we pray we will heed the warning very carefully and be diligent 
to study and know your word, to be able to discern truth from error and to hold fast and faithfully to your word of truth. May this church continue to preach and teach your word uncompromisingly, Lord, that we may be salt and light in a world that's departing from your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, we've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers. Our goal is to bring you the love of Christ and His teaching as it relates to today's current events. If you would like to hold an apologetics conference or series of teachings at your facility, give Pat a call at 483-0586, or you may email him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Be sure to browse through our listing of topics on our site. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism. You will also find articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. To keep quality broadcasts, like Pat's on the Air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. Donating is simple. Just log on at evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers is grateful for one of our sponsors, the Honolulu Christian Church. If you don't have a home church and are looking for a great place to grow in your faith, check out the Honolulu Christian Church. For service times, log in at honoluluchristian.org. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. Wake me up.